There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. On this week's show, I'm delighted to say you're going to hear from one of the daughters of my favourite Real Housewives of Cheshire stars. She was just 19 years old when we first met her in the middle of a shopping centre in Cheshire, where she, all right, get ready, get your fingers up, insert speech marks, bumped into her best friend Taylor Ward alongside her mum, Rachel Lugo. Rachel, mum of five children, an entrepreneur, has been seen over the past five years going through a divorce, dating in her late 40s, as well as following the journey of her sister Katie, who battled skin cancer. For my guest over the past five years, we've watched her grown in the Royal Housewives of Cheshire from being, you know, a horse rider and a daughter to opening up the conversation on such an important topic that I want to speak to her on this episode about Crohn's disease. She's a cast member in her own right. She's opening up this conversation. She's going to talk about Crohn's and IBS and body image and these topics that we're not speaking about enough yet affect so many people. With a biomedical degree at Newcastle University, she managed to get over to France for a wedding. She's now trapped and she joins me on Security and Secure. I'm delighted to say it's Francesca Lugo. Hello, Francesca. Hi, Johnny. Thank you so much for doing this for me, um, especially when you're stuck in Bordeaux, which is quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is quite exciting. It's very spontaneous, but thank you for having me. It's a very Cheshire thing to do. You know when they go, right, we're going to go to do it. Your mum will go, right, girls, we're going to Dubai next week. Who's coming? Oh, yeah, I'm going. Oh, okay. You managed to sort that out very quickly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, this wasn't out of choice, but I'm glad that we're doing it. I'm glad too, because you're making you're putting some amazing pictures up on Instagram at the moment. So, is this <laughs> the new you? Because you you've got a bit of a following now on Instagram. Do you see yourself as an influencer, or is this just you sharing your life? I mean, I think maybe in the middle. I'm not very much an active influencer as such, but I'll speak about things that I believe in, such as my Crohn's. Um, but then I also like to share just like life pictures. I don't like there to be the pressure on the Instagram. So it's not necessarily a job for me, but just something I enjoy doing. So you're not pressured in, I've got 19,000 followers. I need to have 190,000 followers and keep up with the Kardashians, so to speak. No, no, not at all. I, I like the opportunities that it can bring in terms of being able to share my ideas and my life experiences on there. But no, I'm not pressured. It's not like, I need to post today. 
in order to grow. Which is so important and the right mindset to be. And it's very easy to go the other way, especially when you're appearing on TV, where you can be dictated effectively by your social media, which you're not. Yeah, no, no. I make sure that I keep it as an enjoyable, enjoyable platform because as well, it does put so much pressure, particularly on girls. That's the negative side of it, but then it also brings so like such huge opportunities to some people. Hundred percent. And you're using your voice for the good, and we're going to come to using your voice. But to get to there, we've got to go back to the beginning. So let's get into yeah. the insights of Francesca and start peeling off these layers. So what? Let's go back to your childhood, growing up in Cheshire, one of five. Yeah. <laughs> what was life like for you growing up, Francesca? I mean, obviously, I started off just like it was just me because I'm the eldest. And then my mum kept popping out these kids. And I wasn't like, at first, I very much wanted to be an only child. And then my youngest sister was born, who's 10 now. And I just love having a big family. When I was younger, I used to go to a lot of horse shows most weekends. So I spent every single weekend with my parents which traveling around the country, show jumping, which was amazing. And now I just love having big, a big family because we have big Christmases, like big birthdays. It's amazing. And obviously, as the oldest of five, did you feel like you had to fight for the attention or were you going the other way? Where it was like, right, Francesca, you've got to sort everyone else out. You're the oldest. Get on with it. No, not necessarily. I think I always had the attention as such. I think I'm definitely the neediest and the one that kind of, gets looked after the most compared to everyone else because I think because I, I was the first one out of like everyone in my family including my cousin like I was the first granddaughter on both sides so um I have very much got all the attention and now I'm kind of stepping back from that because because my youngest sister is so young it's now her that gets all the attention and this is Sienna and there's a 15 year age gap between the two of you which is quite big yeah yeah, it's big, but we get on so well. It's I love having a younger sister so young, and she's so like intellectual and so clever. You can just have a normal conversation with her, and like she knows about everything. And the, some of the stuff she comes out with, she's absolutely hilarious. But do you see her as a younger sister, or almost that hybrid between younger sister slash almost your daughter? I'm very, very protective of her in a like motherly kind of way. But then at the same time, I like encourage her to be cheeky, like a sister would. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so obviously growing up in a big family, obviously these big holidays, like you said, you're not fighting for attention because you're getting it yourself. We've <laughs> seen obviously on the show uh, that your parents split up. How did that affect yeah. you as the older sister? Um, I t- definitely took it the hardest out of everyone. I think because I have grown up with my family together the longest and I like I'm, I'm closest to the family connection compared to all my other siblings like Sienna being 10 she doesn't really know like what it's like to grow up into your 20s with a family together and I think I was really upset for her as well that she wasn't going to have the family unit that I had growing up so I definitely I definitely took it the hardest and did it affect you? Did it affect your relationship with your dad? Did it affect your relationship with your siblings that you kind of had to become the second matriarch to the house? Yeah, in a, yeah, in a way. But then in another way, I almost shut down. Like, I just, I didn't really know what to do with life. Like, I, I didn't know how life was going to go forward 
without my parents together. And so I found last year really, really difficult. And I would get very involved in all the emotions of it. But now I've kind of taken a step back and I'm just kind of accepting it. And that's how it's going to be. But my, my siblings have all been really strong about it. It just must be really hard as the oldest, though, because they're looking to you for guidance and yet you don't have the answers. You can't say to them, and uh, I hope this is okay to say, and if not, please, you mm. know, put me in my place. But your uh, dad had uh, another relationship, which is why the marriage broke down. So you haven't got yeah. the answers. You don't know why he did what he did. And yet you've got four siblings who are looking up to you. You don't want to go to your mum to get the answers. They're looking to you. And you're like, yeah. well, I'm 24 years old. I don't know what to say. I'm in the exact same place that yeah. you're, you guys are at. Yeah, it's it, it has been really, really difficult. And um, they've almost supported me more than I've supported them. I mean, tables have kind of turned this year. My sister's, my middle sister, um, Sophia, she's struggling with it more this year because it, it has affected the whole family unit in terms of like my grandparents as well like there shouldn't necessarily be sides but people have taken like taken sides and I do still speak to my dad and speak to him like I know if my mum would take him back would take him back he'd go back to her in a heartbeat like I don't think he fully knows why he did it either I think it is difficult, but obviously my mum's setting an example for like all of us that you deserve better than that, than to for someone to be disloyal to you. It was so difficult for my mum to actually decide like what she would accept and what she wouldn't because she's got five kids. And so for her to then say, right, I'm not putting up with this anymore and us going to like two houses, that was such a difficult decision for her. Now, I'm very much on my partner's case as to, like, right, I will not put up with that. I let myself get so involved in the emotions and get so upset. And every day I would be upset about it. And I kind of just figured, right, I need to sort myself out. I need to I need to focus on myself. I need to get my uni degree done. I need to get back to doing what I enjoy, which is horse riding. I need to focus on my health because stress is a huge factor in Crohn's disease and I just needed to just focus on myself make myself happy and not get involved in any of the drama well this is the thing you you were studying at Newcastle University and my a biomedical degree did you feel like you were escaping to Newcastle was that your safety net to just go back there away from Cheshire away from the drama and just do me well with at the beginning yes it was but then with Covid I stayed at home the whole time and I think to start with, I stayed at home to support my mum, get her out on walks and do everything with her um, because I was really worried about her. And then I, I stayed at home because I was upset and didn't want to go back. There was the option to go back to uni, but they weren't doing lectures there. So I just thought it was easier to stay at home with COVID. I completely agree with you. But this wasn't just within your family household this happened. This rippled into, this is on TV now. You know, everyone is watching yeah. your mum at one of two low, low, low moments in the past five years, mm. watching you at a low moment. Where did that decision of, we've got to put this on, I mean, I've, I, you know, I know the way TV works. I know the producers are going to say, well, look, if it's affecting you, you want to stand the show, you've got to put this on TV. But yeah. how did that conversation come up? Because this becomes public knowledge, and I presume... It's a bit humiliating for first if that to happen to you, but then secondly for that actually to go on TV for the whole world to know. 
Yeah, I think my mum was, like, mortified. But as well, I didn't tell any of my, like, best, best friends for at least a month and a half um, after we knew that it happened because I was embarrassed. Like, my parents were such a solid couple and... I was I was embarrassed to say to them. I didn't want I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to I didn't want people to say like, oh, how are your parents or oh, how are you doing? Like I didn't even want to think about it. I just wanted to get on with life and pretend that it hadn't even happened. But is that hard for you to do though? Because then you bottle it up. You're in your own thoughts. You're not sharing them with anyone. If you did tell a friend, that friend will keep asking you questions when you're trying to be distracted from it, and you're just kind of in this vicious cycle which you can't get out of either way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I they all know now. Like, I kind of just say, like, oh, like if they ask me, I'm like, oh, like I can't be bothered talking about it. And the thing is, now we all talk a lot as a family. Like, I talk to my siblings a lot when I'm upset, and and they talk to me. So we, that's kind of our way of getting it out, rather than having to go through it all again and like relive it all again with my friends. They 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 know that I'm okay, and they know if I wasn't okay, I'd call them. Well, this is interesting then. So your relationship with your siblings have changed. What else yeah. are you talking about that you weren't speaking about before, apart from your parents? I think we're just having like more fun together. Like me and my sister are so close now. The, the Sophia, the nineteen-year-old. Um, um we we're, we're so so close now. Like we'll go out together and we chat about everything. Like she tells me everything about like any guys she's speaking to, and like I tell her like say if I've had an argument with my partner we'll speak about that like we're we're like best friends now which is really nice and it wasn't like that before we used to like pull each other's hair out and everything was that weird thing that you become all of it as one you know you're all in it together it's the you know you five against the world you know before it's a family unit now it's the kids versus the parents versus everyone else does that three tiers yeah well before before we used to like argue so much and bicker all of us all together whereas now we've realized like in life we're always going to have each other. What's the point in arguing with each other and making life more difficult for each other than it already is when we can be there for each other and, like, do stuff together? So it's very much turned, as a sibling aspect, our life more positively and our view on our relationships with each other more positive. A hundred percent. And how does that extend to your father, then? Obviously, you don't speak to him as much now, but... I could imagine that because of the consequence of having another relationship that a lot of people be talking about it. How do you find and deal when that occurs? Um, I mean, I just kind of shut it off. I don't, like, I don't really like to talk about it, but I just, I just kind of shut it off. Like, I keep, with my dad, like, there's just set things that I'll talk about and there's set things that I don't really want to talk about so that's just how I keep it really which is really important because you've got that it's it's almost a sign of maturity that you get to that point of going right I know what's acceptable to say and what's not acceptable to say because it's very easy that someone asks you the question and you don't want to talk about it but you still blurt out the answer because you don't really know how not to talk about it and so at least you know what's right again what's right and what's not right. And that's not the only problem that's really faced your family in recent times. Obviously, your Auntie Katie's cancer was a big effect to your family. How did it affect yeah. you? I mean, it's it's so scary because so many of my friends do some bed. And 
think, oh, it will never happen to me. And I think when my auntie was younger, and it will have been about my age, she was, um, that's when she was on some beds, and that's how she reckons she got the skin cancer. And so I think for me, it's hard to see my friends go on some beds because I'm like, we would have, we would have thought it would never happen to our family. And, but I think it's easy to like get dragged into it as well. So I'm, I'm quite stubborn, and so I'm very much like, no, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do some beds. I'll walk around, I'll get get cold pale, it's fine. And I think it was just such a shock, like especially because she's my mum's twin, and like they have the same genes. It it is really, it was really scary to see, and it's horrible to see her so ill as well. And ha- have you had the test? Have you found out if you've got the BRCA gene or not? Um, no, I've I've not had the test. And why is that? Um, is there a reason behind that? No, no, I've just I've just not really thought about it. I mean, I my auntie had the test, but I don't think my mum did. But then they've got the same genes anyway. I just haven't really thought about it. Um, but I make a conscious effort because of what she's gone through make sure I wear fact 50 on my face every day and literally cover my every single day even in the winter in the UK and then in whenever I go on holiday I wear so like constantly putting on sun cream whereas when I was before that even happened when I was younger I'd lay out and be like I want to get a tan and I'd come out so burnt it's just it, it's so important to think about these things and yet we never do and I'm so grateful that you're opening up this conversation just say even as basic as wear sun cream because I'm guilty that I don't wear sun cream a lot of the time because I'm not ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
oh, it's not hot enough. Yeah. I can't feel the heat. Unless yeah, exactly. I feel the heat, then I'll pull it on. But if it's 29 degrees and it feels yeah. a bit windy, no, it's not going on. Yeah. And I think people always take the attitude like, it's not going to happen to me. Well, that's it. That's it. But what has happened to you, which we're going to talk about, is you were diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So let's go back to the beginning of when you first noticed the signs and what it actually means to you. Yeah. I was 17. I was in my lowest sixth year at a really intense academic school. So it was it was really, really stressful anyway. And I... I wasn't really particularly happy at the school, so I always like wanted to be at home. I never wanted to go into school, but I had stomach ache pretty much every single day. And I'd say to my mum, I've got really bad stomach ache, and she's like, "Like why?" And I was like, "I don't know." And it'd be constant, and then it gets to the point where it's so intense that I'd, I was in hospital for months at one point, um, and I was constantly in and out i remember my parents went on uh i went away for i think it was my mum's birthday and i was in hospital for the whole week that they were away and my nana was looking after me and no one knew what it was the hospital thought it might have been ibs but they always went back to gynecological reasons because i had an ovarian cyst when i was younger so they they thought it was that and it took until last november for me to actually get a proper solid diagnosis before that it was could be ibs it could be crohn's we're not really sure and i would have mri scans which always came back clear colonoscopies which when they look they said yeah it looks inflamed it looks like crohn's they would take biopsies and when they got the biopsies back it would just be a little bit of inflammation so they were like, oh, we'll just put you on this medication. It was quite mild medication. And I've been on so many different medications for all, like, IBS and Crohn's. And even just, like, drugs that target your nerves to try and stop the pain. But it wasn't necessarily to try and stop Crohn's. And then I also have this test where I swallowed a camera. I think it takes around 50,000 photos all the way through your gut. And you have to wear this belt that is huge I, I went out for lunch wearing it and it looks like you're wearing a suicide bomber vest it was it was ginormous it just takes loads and loads of pictures and then bluetooth it over to this belt and then you go back to the hospital at the end of the day and they retrieve all the photos and then have a look at them and that is when i got my proper diagnosis of crohn's because they they saw it all along in areas that they hadn't been able to see on the mri scan or the colonoscopies that I'd had. But I must have had at least four MRI scans and about three colonoscopies, so many blood tests. With inflammatory bowel disease, because it's inflammation, your CRP markers, which is the inflammation levels in your blood, come up as excessively high. And then I also would do stool samples, and that would have inflammation levels in them. And those came up high. So those were the three things that we kind of put together, as well as my symptoms of really, really bad pain, specifically on one area of my stomach, which was the terminal ileum, which is where I have my Crohn's, that they said that's when, that's when you got it. But it took years and years for me to get my diagnosis. And what did that do to your anxiety, going through those years, going through those tests, going through those different medications, not getting that answer? Well, I think it kind of put some self-doubt in my head. I was like, am I actually, like, 
having this pain? Am I just being a baby? Like, do I actually, do I just have a really bad pain threshold or am I not eating the right foods that I'm supposed to? I think I was anxious about it. I didn't know whether it was actually there when I was being told, oh, your MRI scan's clear. I was like, well, what is this? And I was constantly on pain medication, which I was paranoid about, like taking paracetamol every single day to get me out of pain. I was worried about that. I was worried about going anywhere because of then getting the pain later on. But I think the main thing for me was thinking, well, do I actually have this or not? It must be really hard. You know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror each day with your body changing shape. The fact of, again, going back to the top about Instagram and you're still having to post pictures, you know, not even that's a campaign, just generally you want to post pictures. The way your lifestyle is, the things that you're eating and you don't know, should I be cutting out tomatoes, onions and garlic? Should I be cutting out carbs? What do I actually do? Luckily for me, food doesn't set it off too much. There are certain foods. Like if I have sweet potato... I'm straight to hospital, which is really bizarre because when you read, like, any books on Crohn's, sweet potato isn't one of them. It's, like, the typical onions and garlic. And when I was at school, I went to boarding school, and they would make me my own separate dish every mealtime in the evening that didn't have onions and garlic garlic in because they said, no, like, this is, we think that that's to do with Crohn's. We, we just don't want you to eat it. And to be fair, I was really, really well when I was, at boarding school I that was like a period of two years when I think I only ended up in hospital once because of it I would have pain but it wouldn't be so intense that I would need to go to hospital so that really really helped but we didn't know what to do and my mum was like I wish I could help you I wish I knew the answer to this and we just didn't it was a stool sample that I did and my consultant was like your inflammation markers in this are like 600 over what they should be, like the level. So he was like, I really, really want you to do this test. It's not right that you've got this. You wouldn't have this if you had IBS because IBS is just kind of irritation to your bowel with certain foods. So you get the same symptoms, you get the same amount of pain, but you don't have the inflammation. So it doesn't show up on markers like that. So then, yeah, it was doing that camera swallowing the camera that really properly diagnosed it so then what happens what do you then do once you've got that diagnosis you've got that clearance mentally you know what's going on in your body you're understanding a little bit more do you just take medication or has your lifestyle completely changed since my lifestyle hasn't changed too much since because i spoke to my consultant and he was like don't change your diet don't cut out any food groups sometimes it can make it worse cutting out food groups such as like gluten or dairy because I asked him those questions should I cut those out and he said no um he's like sometimes people can actually get in more pain by depriving their body of those certain foods so he said don't do that he said do loads of exercise which I do because it's all to do with like your cortisol levels like your stress levels that also cause the pain so by doing sport it reduces those. So I make sure that I'm active most days. And then, yeah, I take medication. So he put me straight away on this, like, certain type of medication. And then I've stopped that, and I'm on another one now. Well, how are you feeling now, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally? I think now I'm probably feeling the best I've felt in 
a long time. Like, I do still have days where I'm in pain, but I feel like I'm on the right track now. Like, I wake up every day and I'm like, can do whatever I want pretty much because the pain doesn't doesn't stop me. Like, if my friends invite me out, I can say yes. If I want to go out with my partner, I can. And I'm in the, the best place I've been in in a while. Bring it up to date. You're in a new relationship. How's that been affected by it? Have you did you have that conversation to say, look, I've got Crohn's. You know, my body might look a little bit different at times. You know, it's not me that I've just put on a load of weight. There's internal things going on there. Yeah. So he, so I told him on our first date. So I've been with him for two and a half years now, and I told him on our first date, and kind of he told me that he went back and he like googled the symptoms. And he was like, oh, no, like, you get, like, diarrhea with this. And he was like, oh, no, like, I, I don't know if I want to be with someone like that. But he he only admitted this, like, two years down the line. He carried on seeing me. I think the main stress it's kind of put on our relationship, like, he doesn't care what I look like. He doesn't care whether, like, some nights I'm really, really bloated. I think the main thing is, like, if we have to go home early because I'm in pain or if he says, oh, why don't we do this tonight, Fran? And I'm like, well... I'm in a lot of pain. I don't. I don't know whether I can. And he's like, oh. And then he he sits in because he doesn't want to leave me because he knows I'm in pain. But then also he's not going out and doing what he wants to do. Um. So I think that that's been hard for him. But he's he's never been selfish about it. He's always been so understanding and so supportive of it. I I'm the one that feels selfish sometimes, and I'm like I I literally can't go out. And I just feel, I feel really guilty because he's really fun and outgoing and he loves just doing anything and everything. He hates sitting in and sometimes that's what we do. So I feel a bit guilty about that sometimes. But he's he's so supportive and so understanding. He doesn't care whether I am bloated some nights. Like even when I took steroids be, to try and stop the pain that my uh, that the hospital gave me, um, he my face completely changed. It, it went so swollen and so big and he, he was like no Fran you still look beautiful like, he made out like he didn't even notice it and then it, a few months went went down the line of me stopping them and he was like yeah like your face does look skinnier now but he's like I'm not bothered well that's the thing it's so important just to communicate it because there it's one of those times that there's a big gender difference between boys and girls because it's so common in girls and not in boys and so unless you know exactly what's going on as a guy you'll have no idea you know it's yeah and you take it for granted so much yeah well so many people haven't even heard of what it is like i'll say to like my friends like obviously they do now but when i told my friends they're like oh what's that like they have no idea but i do think it is harder for a guy to have it than for a girl because because i think guys just don't really open up about their emotions i think a, a lot of the time with Crohn's, I mean, it, it hasn't with me, but it makes you drop so much weight, like so, so much weight. And people go down to like six stone, five, six stone with with it. Um, because of the pain of eat, eating, people just don't eat and they can't eat because they're getting so much pain after eating. And I think for guys, that's quite hard because I don't know, n- knowing like being in a relationship, they are constantly trying to compete with each other and like how they look and who lifts the heaviest in the gym and things whereas like girls are more supportive of each other i feel so what would your advice be to boys and to girls on this i think just to like not care what you look like because 
like the steroids make me put on weight, whereas other people it makes lose weight. I think you've got to have a healthy mindset to then have a healthy body. If you're stressed, your body is going to feel it and take the repercussions of it, especially if you're more sensitive with Crohn's to having it and just focus on, on getting well. And that's the only thing that's important is your health. I love it. Such good advice there, Francesca. So, Real House of the Cheshire, we've obviously seen you in for the past five years. How have you found that life as a reality star? I've kind of just carried on living life normally. I I haven't been on the show that, that much. So, it's, it's rare that someone actually comes up to me in the shops and recognises me. Whereas with, when I'm with my mum, so many people are like, oh my gosh, can we get pictures? Like, it's great every single time we go out. And my mum my loves leaving the house without makeup on in like a tracksuit. And I'm like, do you not think you should make a bit more effort every time you go out, you get stopped. But I think since I spoke about my Crohn's, I've definitely been recognised a lot more, which is really weird. So next time I see you, I need to ask you for a photo of what you're basically trying to say. <laughs> no, because no, I go out with no makeup on as well and don't really, don't really make an effort when I go out. So I almost... I'm quite grateful for that when I see my mum constantly being stopped. But I think I've just carried on living living life normally. I mean, I don't I don't really speak about it, but at uni I was a lot of people approached me about it. And is that hard then at uni? Because you know, everyone's trying to find their place. It's almost like people are gonna use you for fame and you're like, Well, I don't know you but I also need to make friends at uni. So are you there to yeah. be my friend? Are you there because you want to know me, to know my mum? I think like if you spoke to my friends about who I am as a person, I'm not the most sociable person in terms of, I like to keep my circle very, very close and don't trust people very easily, which is probably a fault of mine. And if I don't need to make conversation, I won't make the conversation unless it's with like my closest friends. And I tell them everything and they are literally like my family. Um, so, but I'm also such a good judge of character. Like I prefer to sit back and listen to conversations than to be the one that's like chatting and everything. And so I can kind of, I can kind of read through people. Like I feel like I'm quite a good judge of character and I know their intentions. It's really hard, though, and you're right, but it's also a strength now to say you've got a smaller circle than a bigger circle. It's so much stronger to say there's people that I really trust, and it doesn't matter how many friends you've got. It's the ones that are there are the ones that count, and there's a very famous yeah. saying I've used for years about how the most incredible type of person is is when someone has got a friend for every finger they've got in their hands, so you've got 10, yeah. hand, uh, 10 fingers. If you can make 10 friends and one for each finger, then you're a very lucky person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can rely on my friends for everything. And like, I do have different things that I'll go to different friends for, like for different advice and like to talk to them about different things. But my friends give me everything I need as such. They're there for me for everything. And I, I don't feel like, I'm missing anything from my friends. No, because your friends make up all your different personality traits. When you want to have a deep conversation, yeah. when you want to laugh, when you want to be nostalgic, yeah. there's always someone there for each one of those traits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was Francesca Lugo there, opening up the conversation firstly on having a family that's 
being broken and how you fix that and also the important conversation when it comes to Crohn's disease and IBS and just looking for those signs looking for how to treat it but also how to open up that conversation and just say look this is part of life this is me this is the way i look and this is what happens you've been listening to skinning secure of me johnny c if you like what you heard please do go and rate the podcast go on to itunes give it a five star rating and leave a review i can't make this podcast successful without your help and we're on instagram at secure the insecure podcast thank you so much for listening i've been johnny c until next time thank you and goodbye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.